Welcome to Derailed Conversations. This week, Carl from New England gets more data out of our cross-cultural consultant, Nicole from Bombay, as to exactly what's going on with this transition of Western dress compared to the traditional sari with professional females over there. And I also tried to figure out why she doesn't know a little bit more about these pre-arranged marriages over in India. Stay tuned. To be clear, this recording did not take place in the usual swamp, but this time we're back at the golf course. Nick, the the golfers are encroaching closer and closer into my space. <laughs> You're probably destroying their Saturdays. Or they, either that or they're curious and they're getting closer to hear you. Like, what is this conversation about? Trying to see if I have any bar. No, no, no. I think they're more interested in don't interrupt my uh, handicap here. <laughs> Cultural editing. Now, you mm-hmm. are a cross-cultural consultant. Am I not right? Right. So in my field, I'm known as an LREC, which is a language, region, and cultural consultant. So, An um, LREC. LREC. Yeah. The, it's, a, it's a term, I think, that was coined in the late 90s by, I think, the U.S. government because we realized that we were sending people overseas and they were so ill-equipped to handle the different cultures. Learning a language is not enough. You have to teach the nuances of culture. And so- Hey, in- get me a job. I always thought I was great <laughs> at that. I think you'd be great. I think you would be great also. Yeah, I mean, so this is what I based my whole career on, you know? So, uh, and this is what I do. I don't just teach the language. I teach the cultural nuances, the regional differences. Did you now, invent, invent that on your own? Is this the kind of mind that no. I'm dealing with here? <laughs> no, I didn't invent this. No, somebody invented it. But I started out actually uh, teaching Hindi, right? You know that in the college that I used to go to here in Baltimore, I started teaching uh, people who were going to missions uh, Hindi. But I would also teach them. The, I found that teaching them the cultural aspects of you know using the language and also living in India was more important to them than the language itself and you know now fast forward you know so many years later uh, you can learn the language via an app you don't need someone to teach you at the rate of even I would say I would say that knowing the culture may be more important than knowing the language okay so my specialty actually over the years Uh, And this has been since really since 1994 is to teach the Hindi, the language of Hindi, but within the cultural context. So you cannot learn a language outside of the culture. So and then being India, Hindi is spoken in different dialects all over the place. So why are they speaking? Why are they saying this word in this way? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm wait. Okay, go. But. Don't let I, I want to address. I want to ask you. I have some questions yes. for backlog. Remember backlog? Yes. But yes. if you're on a if you're on a rant, I don't want to um I don't I'm want not, to cut you off. No, no. So basically, like a cultural consultant, a language and cultural consultant will teach culture and language uh side by side and intermingle. They will never teach one separately from the other. And now I'm training others, I'm coaching others in other languages how to utilize. You know, I had a conversation last night with three uh, people from Papua New Guinea, and uh, they they speak a pidgin English uh, called Tokpisin, which is literally bird talk in, uh, translated. And they want it not to die out. And I said, don't be ashamed of your language. 
and don't let others make you feel like you're not speaking uh you know like you're any I know what they have not... to do I know, give me their right. give me their contact I know what they have to do they have to reproduce to the rate of hundreds of millions per year and then they have to dominate a part of the world because the russians do you know do you know that the russians the official uh language of the court uh in russia used to be french i had no idea yeah, That's yeah. The amazing. official the official language was French, mm-hmm. and this is a, a big long story. But um, you know, Russia has has always sort of suffered from the idea that they're you know peasants. <laughs> they're peasants, mm-hmm. and they're pr- and they're primitive, and they wanted to be more modern. And 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 France was the place to go to, right? For mm. uh, for um, uh, sophistication, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so tell those pigeon English people that, but. And now, now you lost me because you got into such a um, an interesting and deep thing. But I wanted to say Elric. That sounds to me like some World War II German armament that can wreck a whole uh, battalion. An Elric. We have well, the words Elric. can start wars, right? We have the Elric. Yeah, There's words that. can start and end wars, and so it's important to teach uh, people, especially Americans, because the the desire to learn about other cultures is very is lacking here. I mean, now there's more of it with the, with the millennials wanting to travel, be digital nomads. And, you know, before it was relegated to those who ser- were in the service or those who were missionaries, that was where the interests lie. But now everybody wants to discover these places. Whether, Do you remember, you know, yeah, yeah that, that's good. Do you remember the story about the guy without abs and the cigar that rescued yes. his puppy from the alligator? Yes. I think he's standing, right? I think he has a golf club and he is standing outside this window. I kid you not. That looks identical. To I wonder. I just can't see if he's got a cigar. Let me let me sneak out there and see. If he's got a cigar, I am literally going to go interview him. Are you the guy with the puppy? And the... We can go live. No I... way. No way. Are you serious? You're really walking out there right now? Yeah. Because, I hear the door click. I mean, maybe oh like 10% of the entire Floridian population looks like that. Do you know that this... The state is like full of people that are not so young. Yes, I do know that, and are not so healthy either. So, what are you talking? Are you walking across to him right now? I am. I am. But they're staring at you me like I'm a, killing me. Oh gosh! Well, of course I look weird. I, I have my notes and my phone and my earplugs on. Um, oh my gosh! I would love to see where this goes. This is so superb. This no, is like no, no, no. I'm, I'm wigging right out. Here. I'm wigging out. It's not him. His stomach is too small. Oh, okay. All right, I I I'm, I'm gauging the um, the analysis by his uh, situational his awareness, his waistline. <laughs> so you are talking about culture, and I, do you remember I have the idea about backlog where I try to complete yes. sentences that I didn't say last week. Yes. So this is a little bit in along that line. So, okay. oh gosh, they're really looking at me. I better get. You know what? I should get an alligator suit. You're killing me. You're killing me this morning. <laughs> well, I don't think you re- can realize how. Just wave at them and say, I'm on a podcast. Please listen to it. <laughs> it's entertaining. Uh, I don't know. I did, uh, you know, people have their threshold for weird behavior. Yes. Um, First and foremost, you're a stranger in that house. So they're wondering who you are. <laughs> really? It's like, who's, who's coming out of it? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm trying to get to this point, And it is this. Uh, well, it's, it's multi, it's multifold. So, so hear me out to the end. So okay. at one point you said, and I might be almost quoting that you were intrigued as you sort of 
rather recently investigated arranged marriage. That's one point. Just yes. hold, So cross your finger with that. Number two, you said uh, the word loincloth, which is something I don't think I've ever even heard except from archaic uh, language. Okay. Number three, I brought up to try to be funny, uh, hypnotizing cobras. And I have this whole picture of what's going on in India, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you described it as though it was almost like something you were not thoroughly immersed in. I'm having a hard time verbalizing this, but I, I, I'm trying to say yes. how many steps away is someone wearing this loincloth? Does your brother do it? Do, if you're in oh, India, will you, you, will you see a loincloth every day? Iceberg. Are you stepping on these guys with their crossed legs, mm-hmm. uh, with the cobras when you're going to get a pizza from your house, literally? And also, why is it, such a stretch for you to only now at your age investigate arranged marriage. I would have thought you knew about, I would have thought you've known all those things. So I'm confused. You've just stepped, like I said, on the tip of, like you've just stumbled across the tip of the iceberg. So, so I belong uh, to a very small minority in India, which is billionaires, you know, the Christian community. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, I was raised Catholic. My father was Protestant. And so we were immersed. And I was raised in a little town called Bandra, which is in Mumbai on the west coast of Mumbai. Okay. And so growing one, just picture this, a city of, at the at the most, it was about, uh, when I was growing up, 15 million people with, yep. a, three, with a three million tra- transi. Now it's a lot more. Okay. Uh, the town I grew up in was, picture this, Sleepy bungalows, uh, you know, by the sea, fishing villages, you know, and a predominantly Catholic Christian community living there with okay. its heritages, with, with, with its heritage in the Port- Portuguese culture, because the Portuguese were in India till the 60s. And a lot of the Catholics from Bandra uh, came from places like Goa, where the Portuguese ruled till the 60s, basically. And... Um, and then, uh, you know, the other part of it is, you know, uh, so I grew up listening to Western music, you know, Louis Armstrong, the classics, uh, Beethoven, Chopin. That's what I grew up on. Uh, Beatles, Elvis Presley. I never listened to Bolly, Bollywood music. It was actually like looked down on in my home uh, by, my, by both my parents. <laughs> they just didn't like it. They didn't like the melodrama of the movies. Uh, but. Um, so that's how I, and I grew up with Western culture, wearing Western clothes, jeans. My family, of course, you know, had already immigrated to the U.S. in the 60s. So my aunts and all were living here. So there was more of that exposure as well. So, yeah. And, my, and, mm-hmm. and was your was your family sort of representative of your neighbors quite as well? Your neighbors. Quite, quite a few, but mostly among the Catholic communities and the Gujarati communities, which is another Hindu community. The Gujaratis came to America also very early on and some other communities too. But but the goal of most of the Catholic uh, people my age in those days was to get out, to get out of India and to make a living overseas because we never felt really Indian in the sense 
I did not because we didn't uh, at that time I had to learn Hindi in school but I you know I had a private tutor <laughs> you know I mean because I, I was not interested in it I is didn't... it safe to say that that which you were not mm-hmm. is also very much connected with Hinduism Yes. So, okay. yeah. So then there's that whole aspect also, like the, the religious aspect where we're not Hindus, we're not Muslims, we're Christians. So, you know, there's that whole scenario also influencing our decisions. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, although there are a lot of Christian communities and Catholic communities who are very Hindu in their culture, you know, like they'll and my mom, in a sense, she wore the sari to work because she dealt with people who were from other backgrounds not just Christian you know but you know and so did I I I wore like you know Indian outfits when I went into certain areas of the city but you know I did not have a clue as to what arranged marriages were even though there were a couple in my own family among the Catholics okay now can, now, can, can can I can I can I stop you so I want to investigate this idea of you putting on that I call it dress, which is probably the wrong word. You called it sorry. Sorry, yeah. You putting that on, Mm -hmm. can you exactly describe why you put it on when you went to a certain part of the city? Why? You Uh, didn't want to stand out? No, because of the attitudes. Like they, and they still, there's still a Could they be anti Western Uh, clothes? Yeah, well, they look at it as immodest. You know, the sari is a very modest piece. I mean, if you wear it correctly. Yeah. Uh, and so is the salwar kameez, which is the pants, the loose pants and the long tunic, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, and in certain regions in northern India, when they wear the sari, they actually cover their head and face. Well, you made a reference to that. And I assumed I tried to wrap my mind around that. So mm. this is I mean, this is such a difficult thing for me. So mm. when people talk about this you, and you said it, mm. I quote, out of respect. I cannot figure out who is the respect to or for. I, mm. I, can you yeah. talk about that? I will. I will. So growing up, if you watched a Bollywood film, and I'm going to illustrate this really nicely. If you watched a Bollywood film, and uh, the, the protagonist was always like this really straightforward guy, clean cut, clean shaven, you know, honorable. And the, uh, like the act, the female protagonist was always you know uh, demure dressed in a sari was polite and submissive and stuff and then there was always this you know this uh, secretary or who, uh, the kind of like the uh, villainess you know who was always dressed western she and she had a <laughs> christian name you know and they still do it they still like if you want to show a secretary and not a boss the secretary has a christian name which is so they're That's so funny. behind i mean they, bollywood is really so behind in their attitudes towards life and whoever their writers are need to take another look at uh, how the world is today and what the christian community well, has done i'm not right? so sure if it's anything like the distributing houses over in uh hollywood it is yeah. if 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 it ain't broken don't fix it i mean they this is it. this is connected with sales and i would yeah. say that they are like yeah. that way because the population is willing to continue to yeah. pay to see the films 
Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so years ago, you know, when the internet got into India and a lot more people were traveling abroad, like people started to wear shorter and shorter skirts. And there was actually like there were people who would, uh, you know, the rapes increased, the molestations increased and the the stuff increased towards women. Now, coming back to your question on where, where I wore Indian outfits. So when I was part of this missions organization back in the 80s and early 90s, we used to do an outreach in the biggest slum in Asia. And that slum was actually in a movie, Slumdog Millionaire. So ah, I used I to saw go, that. Yeah, so I used to go into that very slum with my team. Well, that's people. different. That, that, that I understand. Is that, that the only time that you would put that on if you were trying to? No. I mean, that's like marketing or something. So if, yeah, well, it's also to garner respect, right? And, 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 say it again? And it's also to get, gain respect. So they, they would respect me more if I wore an Indian outfit and they would receive what I had to say more. But that's the same thing. Outfit. That's the same thing because yes. actually you had a goal. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. But, so without this goal, are you uh-huh. ever putting that thing on? Are you ever yes, putting it on? Yes, of course. In fact, Tell me now, when. Tell now me when. in America, now, if I am invited to a wedding or a really fancy Because in function, your mind, this is very uh, elegant. Yes, I will okay. wear a sari over a gown. I would definitely wear a sari over a gown. A sari so, over uh, a gown. I don't even know what that means. But um, meaning I would choose to wear a sari over a, a western. Oh, gown. oh, not over. Like the gown is under the the no, the, no. the gown is on the prom the green the lime green uh, <laughs> no. prom dress with the hoop you put on first and then no, on top no, no, of no. that over I would choose. It, I would, would choose to wear oh, okay. a sari. Over okay. choosing to so, wear a gown. Okay, good, 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 good. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get this. So I want to know if, okay, so forget this, you trying to influence, forget you trying to be elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is you, okay, so in my mind, modesty dressing, like in a, in a North American idea, it might involve a dress that is not showing cleavage, mm-hmm. right? In my yeah. mind, of the idea yeah. of modesty. It might involve maybe, oh, I almost said showing the hips, but I don't think I, 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 I think it, maybe showing the stomach or I don't know. Yeah. Of course, yeah. a mini skirt and all this we understand. So I'm trying, right. to, I'm trying to work this out. So is Western dress in your mind or how you perceive their mind in that other state where they're hiding their face or whatever, or mm-hmm, even just mm-hmm. the city of Bombay? Mm-hmm. Is you dressing Western mm-hmm. also disrespectful? So long, let's say you have a kind of a suit, so your 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 neck is not even showing. Let's say mm-hmm. your body is completely covered, but this is Western covering. Is this also a sort of a? Can somebody twist this into disrespect? No, not disrespect. But then there's a different attitude that comes if I wore a suit. Okay. It would be, oh, she's a self-made career woman. Oh, oh, and there okay. can be, uh, not disrespect, but there can be like this, oh, so... Animosity look... just because you're different or you're Western or you're rich or you're... Yeah, uh, but God then knows also what. you can listen to what I call the aunties and the uncles thinking yep. and saying, 
uh yeah nice to see you progress in you know at your workplace but are you feeding your husband are you looking after your children are you also a homemaker uh, so there's the expectations when they see somebody wearing western are you doing the things that a housewife that an eastern woman should be doing should be doing exactly. or did you trade that in for your western exactly. culture exactly exactly so interesting exactly. are there any positive um points around this western culture to those guys well <laughs> it, yes yes many aspire to it because uh, you know it's like yes go for it go for it you know be but hold on to the other yeah you know so to have that blend of being a career woman and my mother was a career person i mean she was gone she worked her business you know with this uh, you know she worked for this business and if she was gone she wore saris sometimes she wore a suit but you know she had the respect of everyone because you know she so, also ran the house you know but i mean uh, is 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 a woman running a business the mm-hmm. only form of this well will respect you even though you you're sort of western is that the only way like this kind of a woman um can show herself to I, I don't really understand that. Is it because mostly yeah. the men just hold those positions? Is this the only sort of example you have of a no, woman? No, it's that this whole scenario that I just described, it was way back in the 70s and 80s. Okay. You know, since the 90s, I mean, women have taken huge strides. In fact, I think I read an article recently where like most of the pilots now in India are women. You know, I, I and I, I was so taken aback, you know, or, or no, the most number of female pilots in the world are in India. Are in India. I guess I'm confused by this conversation now. You use it seems <laughs> it seems to be somehow obvious to you yeah. that this communication is around. Um, the culture, let's say, no, financially independent women yes. and careers because in my mind this is not the case i'm not associating any of this stuff with a woman pilot or a non-woman pilot i'm simply trying to understand at all what is connected with this way somebody dresses and, and, and as you go as you define more and more women i guess yeah. your 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 i don't know if it's consciously or unconsciously your um I understand what you're getting at. Well, so, you're you're suddenly yes. talking about I don't know a woman's movement, and I kind of don't understand why. Is it because there's no other way for a woman in India to surrender the sari? Like the only way, the only reason she would pick up something from the West is if she was going to be able to be financially beneficial by doing so. And in order to do that, she has to fly a plane or something. If, okay. So if it, I'm talking mainly to the larger portion of India, which is rural, rural India, um, you would see women mostly in saris. Now it's not to say they don't work. They do work. They work the fields there. But they're they not work. flying planes. They're not flying planes, but uh, the urbanized areas, the cities, you know, the capitals, those are all, you know, you have women wearing Western dress. Uh, but still, when it comes to formal functions, these same will, women will trade their suit for a sari. So, okay, okay let's, but let's talk about this. So can you clearly see why the city dweller who's a female and going to work and maybe making a lot of money, I don't know what, can you clearly see why this equals I put on a suit 
and not a sari? Is it almost like because the other 13 women are going to be in suits and I don't want to be the only one in a sari? Is it something like yes, that? Yes, it's all the, the whole work culture too, right? Although, honestly, the work culture is very blended over there, meaning uh, I, I would gain enough respect in the cities wearing a sari as much as wearing a suit. So it's in the cities, you don't find that um, disparity between wearing a sari and wearing a suit. But well, in the villages, sense, guess, yeah, yeah. yeah, in the villages, in the smaller towns, wearing a sari definitely gains you more respect. Than- I guess part of my inquisition here is I'm trying to wrap my mind around whether or not a woman changing how she dresses mm-hmm. in India is is a superficial reason or not. I mean, it, it's not superficial. It, there's lots of layers. Of lots of layers. I think so, too. The more you yeah. talk, it's like I think this is too big maybe for my um for my understanding to wrap around it, at least at this no, but point. It's good to dig into it. I mean, so you understand you know, uh, why uh, I am Indian, essentially, but why am I so disconnected from the whole Well, it was my original, yes, yes, so I'm thinking, oh, gee, she's got a brother in New Zealand. Does he have the loincloth, and is does he have a snake? No, nobody in my family wore loincloths. Everybody wore jeans, including my father, my grandfather. They wore, you know, shorts the How does the culture there, did you have any American examples so I could, I could... yeah. Like, look at it like can like uh, the only thing I can think about like the most far out things happening in America might be I don't know what hillbillies doing something I mean there are some according to Dolly right. Parton there are religions <laughs> in the mountains Christians that handle snakes for some religious purpose it's like that's pretty far out there I've oh never, so I never yeah, heard of okay. that but oh, in, yeah, in America so, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the farthest reaching weird thing that I can think of. Oh, you know what I'd love to investigate that because I just I blog for a company for a very large uh, a military language company and I just wrote a blog on the gypsies who came oh, uh, gypsies, uh, you know yeah the gypsies of India they're called actually the cobra gypsies because they are snake charmers snake catchers and they also like sell like herbal remedies if you get like that will actually help Interesting. snake bite yeah, yeah and, well uh, who, who would better know it's like honey you got bit again we better keep you alive <laughs> yeah and they live in the desert in rajasthan and uh they are just fearless these these women and but the, but this is their living this is their livelihood the women uh, and the men, they go into the uh, brush and they just find these snakes and lizards and capture them and get the venom and they sell it on the market. And people well, but, come, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Who, <laughs> other people from the same village, I don't think any of those ladies flying planes are buying any of those things. Yeah, some of these snakes, apparently the venom is good for other like health health issues. Yes, so, well, there is you know, that. There is that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I have to. Uh, I have to cut this down. <laughs> My gosh, this was an interesting one. Um, all right. I, I, I uh, did you enjoy? I absolutely enjoyed it, but like I said, it's the tip of the iceberg. We haven't even got. Oh gosh, it's going to go on forever. You know, at least, at yeah. least we're calling this cross-cultural. So at exactly. least you know we'll get exactly. the right the right people to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, honestly, like I would love for people. I I would love to know more about those snake people in the in the mountains here the hillbillies here well follow dolly parton 
Follow Dolly Parton on um, Facebook. She'll probably tell you. (laughs) I got to close this. This is a hoot, but I got to close this. All right. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. You're welcome, Paul. Ciao. Don't don't collect any snakes. No, I hate this. I hate those (laughs) things. So no, won't happen. Bye. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program to define what is podcast. Podcast? What's a podcast? Uh, it's where, you know, people talk about stuff. Talk about stuff? Your Aunt Adeline used to talk and talk and talk about stuff, and she didn't know what a podcast was. Oh. That's pretty much it for Derailed Conversations with Nick and Carl, the best podcast in this universe. Listen, you're going to date these. We can't say morning, noon, night, happy Christmas, because then if people get another... But listen, I'm tired. I am over-correcting you. I want you to be a free-range person. And I am a free range. Have you noticed I don't really listen to your corrections? <laughs> I also notice you don't listen to our podcast because then you would know what we're talking about. Do you have a very do you have a very busy life? Extremely busy. It's gone out of control right now. Okay, <laughs> it's time for you to hear it. So I'm in my dorm I'm in my dorm room and it's mm-hmm. late and I studied in a foreign language. It was absolutely insane. I divided up all of my hours of every day, like four hours for anatomy, two hours for biology. I, I was in, um, what is that? Biochemistry. And I hadn't take chemistry, uh, taken. So I'm running to lessons on chemistry and I'm trying to learn Polish, blah, 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 all this insanity. So mm-hmm. it's, it's Saturday night and there's a knock on the door. The whole dorm is quiet because all the students would go home on the weekends. Yeah. I open the door. It's this woman and she starts talking in Polish and I couldn't really understand her very much. A girl, a girl with a backpack. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so I just, <laughs> I need my head examined. I immediately decide that I'm going to be Ivan from Dubrovnik. It just comes into my mm-hmm. mind. I don't want, it's, it's part of trying to be incognito, right? Because in a way, in a way being Carl from America would be, would put me in this kind of popular zone inside at that time inside a polish stranger's mind right right? so to be less interesting i just i'll I'll be it just came in one second i'm gonna be ivan i go she goes uh hey my name is blah 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 whatever and i go oh oh i am ivan from dubrovnik (laughs) and she goes oh ivan really and so she carries on she goes she came from another town she wanted to leave her backpack with me because my neighbor was not home, which is whom she came to see. You with okay. me? Yeah, I'm with you. He wasn't there. She's just got off a train. And so I said, okay, get a load of this. About four hours later, it was late at night. She comes and she bangs on the door. And she says, you're not Ivan from Dubrovnik. You're Carl from America. <laughs> and I go, what? Get a load of this. How small the world is. She went to town somebody who I know and when she's in her house she sees a picture of me on her desk 
<laughs> and she goes, oh, you know Ivan? And she goes, Ivan, that's Carl from America. <laughs> what, what are the chances? You can't get away with I anything. Love I tell stuff you, like that. <laughs> my karma is so short. It's like I get in trouble immediately when yes. I try to. It is terrible. I cannot get away with one single no, thing can't. on this planet. No, Ivan <laughs> from Dubrovnik. I love it when I remember that story. So, of course, I started laughing my head off. We actually became friends whenever she came and visited. And I became better friends with my neighbor because of that story. Because he comes over. And I love it when these Polish people kind of correct you. He comes yeah. with his eyes half closed like two days later. He knocks on the door. He's like staring at me. He goes, Ivan from Dubrovnik. <laughs> Isn't that a fun story? I, I just thought I love of that. Stuff like that. I said, I love oh, my gosh, like I get caught. I get caught um, doing weird stuff. Now, yeah, well, Melodia we... has to be res resurrected, too. Oh, listen, I'm having such a hard time, like, claiming my <laughs> claiming my Carl's basement thing. So I'm, I'm doing all their tricks. I'm doing all their tricks of how to claim this. I, I have gone insane. It's like there, there has got to be an easier way for people to understand what's going on yeah. uh, with technology. Oh, oh, you know what I wanted to tell you? Yeah. I came back from Russia and then I took a one-year course. I bought, a, I bought an Apple laptop and I took mm -hmm. a one-year course. Was for, no, it was $99. And I could have as many lessons as I want. I just had to organize them in advance, you know, and on the computer, you do that or through through cyber. And I took a whole year's worth of courses, how to run the computer. And that's how I started making films. Right. I got the, the best computer at the time for making films. It was my whole goal. Right. And I learned uh, and that's uh, behind us. But you know what is now happening to Carl? What is? I'm learning about the metaverse and i'm learning about oh cryptocurrency and i'm scares me the metaverse scares me it just oh I, it scares me. me too but i would rather i would rather be okay there was this <laughs> derailed there was this actress and i can't remember her name but she somehow too was both famous enough and savvy enough and um Heidi i would no, no, Lamar. not an American actress, some some German okay. actress. But she uh -huh. she avoided kind of weird punishment, both from Hitler and from Stalin. She was going to Russia as well. She was she was a high, uh, uh, high level actress or something. And um, and the article that I read talked about her skill at staying alive. Right. Because right. she kind of had reasons uh to be exterminated right but right. um but she managed and oh, now God. that's how i think about metaverse and that's how i think about all this stuff it's like i may not agree it's almost like st stem cell stuff i don't agree yes. with how they get them but right. i i think that science is moving forward and in, in fact the only weird factor which seems to be constant is the bad management of the science. That's it. <laughs> right. That's and and I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to, I don't think, I don't think bad management of science is any reason to try to stop science. You see where I'm going with this? I'm not stopping science. I know. But I know you're not. Partake of it, but the... I know, but, but, but if there's a window of opportunity and believe me, I am just learning. I, I, I shouldn't even talk about this because I, this is like being a teacher for the first time. Like, you just are one day ahead of your students, like in the book, right. just one day ahead of the students. And right. so I'm one day ahead of the wrong question with Bitcoin and Doge and all that stuff. But I'm spending time every single day and I'm trying to make full circle. When I came back the first time, I spent a lot of time 
learning the computer so that I could manage myself in the modern world, I would say, right. and not be behind on the wrong side of history, so to speak. And yeah. then now that's kind of happening, too. So let's say maybe I am not in full agreement with metaverse. But guess what? I can make a killing learning how like this actress in World War II, learning how to play all the sides and come out alive. You have to. You have to I, play all the sides. I mean, we're well, already using the metaverse, right? Well, and actually, in, but I don't have to, right? Because I can just be sort of like my father, sit and watch Jeopardy. Right. Well, when I, I realized that, you know, it's it's gradually in our world right now because yes. when I go to, I do all my banking mostly online. And when I go to open my banking app, it asks for a face ID. So it's recognizing my face. And yes. Up so it's there. It's already it's there. there. It's there. Right. And did you hear about China? You walk, in, you walk into the store. China has changed so much in 15 years. You walk into the store and the voice says, hi, Carl. Yeah, that's why. That's do you know insanity. that? No, I did not know that. But I do know that I think it's South Korea is the one government that has said that they will use the metaverse at a government level. So, you know, and then... Oh, they are um, all going... Yeah, they're the ones that say it. They all are doing... And yeah, ours already is. According to the stuff right. that I'm... There are so many apps in my phone right now that can locate me, right? It's yeah, not absolutely. just... It's not just... Well, I don't or, or wh whichever one that everybody thinks, no, but apps, it is deep yeah. inside all the different apps. Yeah. It's inside, what's this one, GPS, for goodness yeah. sakes. So yeah. anyway, I'm not going to sit around and complain about all that because um, I, I think we have to be with the program. And so at least, and, and, and wouldn't you, we do. Yeah, but and at least knowledge, yeah. knowledge is the beginning, right? Even if uh -huh. I have knowledge about, I don't know, thugs, thieves, criminals, and crackheads. Having the knowledge doesn't make uh, you one. Uh -huh. Make me part, part, part of the thing or right. engaging. And I agree so, with that, but it just still terrifies me. I'm I know, I know, but I. Gonna be? Well, the moth to the flame, right? The moth yeah. to the flame. Like, how close can you get? Yeah. Um, so there's that. And I also wanted to say, aha, I'm going to do it like this B -b -b backlog. Meow. <laughs> this gonna be. This is gonna be the universal sound. Oh, he's gonna do the backlog. Backlog. Blah, 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 backlog. <laughs> okay, what's your backlog today? The backlog is. You said one of your students talked. I think they call you Mammy. One of your maybe Spanish Mommy. students. Mammy. Yeah. Now, Mommy. do you one, have enough one of my Latinx student? students? Do you? What is it? Latinx students. Uh, he was probably from El Salvador. Okay. Okay. So. Know. So. Um. So is that sort of like the equivalent of people at, at work? Because Mexicans at work call me Papi and Papazito. Papazito. Yeah, and that's what I'm, I'm saying. I don't think he was meaning to be res uh, disrespectful. I think he was meaning to be respectful. It's, endear how, it's how endearing, it. I yeah, think. It's, yeah, and I do think I, I took it that way. Well, I was I was surprised because the, the, the woman I constantly work with, who's really fun and she's oh, my gosh, I love this. Um, how can I describe this? I love this. Hmm. I don't know how to do this. Um, OK, so she doesn't have any high position at the place. Right. All she mm -hmm. does is water. She waters plants okay. and she's happy to do so. And she doesn't mm -hmm. speak English, really. And so she nearly is invisible in a way to everybody else. You know this kind of mm -hmm. position in a in a workplace? Right. 
No one's paying attention. No one's paying attention. But she is absorbing everything that goes on, right? So Uh, this uh, it's uh. very funny, this this inverse. And so she's got the most hysterical jokes that that we hammer out through hand gestures and 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 sort of uh, sort of mocking at speaking English and all these antics, which is kind of like a universal thing to do with someone who's in another country. Mm-hmm. I used to be on that side of this thing when I was in foreign lands, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was the one who didn't understand what was going mm-hmm. on. So, yeah. so she calls me Papazito, but she does it in such an endearing yeah. way. Yeah. But then when one of the other workers did it, who was kind of like an, uh, what I would say a mid, middle-aged man, mm-hmm. with whom I'd had no conversations, I couldn't tell if he was mocking or not. So I ran, yeah. back, to, I ran back to my friend and said, Give me all the perspectives on somebody using this word because right. I didn't know if it meant I'm some old guy, right? Because right? I think it comes from papa, which means father or daddy, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, papi means dad. Yeah, okay. Well, there's that. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to say I began one of these things and we got completely derailed and I never got back to it. Uh, <laughs> because you we were talking about you being. Nikki or Nick or Nicole. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, 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 I've got a story. And what I wanted to say is I was very surprised after being away, God knows how many years, I go back to New Hampshire where I was a child and I had some Russians with me who were thrilled to go see America and even just spend time with me and have fun crammed in somebody's car. We even got a driver who was perfectly willing to spend three, four, five days driving around uh, while we were up there. And every single person I went to and I forgot, but they magnified it uh-huh. i forgot everybody calls me kali <laughs> kali i was a little tiny kid i was a skinny little kid with crooked teeth coming in at all different angles when i was little yeah. and i was uh kali and i just forgot and they giggled every single time and now i can't get them to stop calling me kali. right exactly <laughs> and that's the thing uh, you know i mean but it's okay coming from your old friends who you grew up with uh, calling yes Nikki, and i understand yes. the context but I'm not Nikki anymore. I'm Nicole or Nick, you know, and I like, I actually prefer Nick. But yeah, it's, well, it's cute. Yeah. But the rhythm, I figured it out because I keep thinking about it. And, you know, people type into me and even leave comments and they're like, there's something about the rhythm of Nikki because to all of us, it doesn't, it doesn't have any story. It's just rhythmic. Well, the right? odd Nick thing is, is my friends who listen to your podcast now call me Nikki, and I'm like, no, I'm not Nikki. <laughs> so <laughs> do my friends. It's like you're going you're gonna to have yeah. a battle on your hands. I'm going to have a battle, yeah. I know, but it's something that I'm, I'm going to pick and choose whether to have that battle or not. <laughs> well, there you go. You know. Well, just don't, um, don't send any thugs to my back door. <laughs> uh, I'm back in the swamp. I was over yes, at the golf are. course. I was okay. over at the golf course recently, and now I'm at the swamp, and it's very oh. mild over here, and I'm happy. Um, I, I was about to, to ask you because it's freezing out here. Ugh. Well, it's Can gotten be. a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit chilly down here too. But um, but uh, you're welcome to come down and hang around with us. Live I'm film telling projects. you, seriously thinking about it. Some friends of mine are moving to Tampa, uh, to the Tampa area, and I, I said to my mom, I said, really, it's looking more and more endearing. Well, you know, I'll Florida tell you. I'll tell you. So, weather. are you thinking to visit or to move? But um. Well, Tampa I'd like to is... get a little condo there so I can run away every winter from here and come there. And well, there you go. And I'll, listen, I'll live there. in it while you're not there. And so I don't want to be swatting with mosquitoes. That is an idea. I'm dead serious. That is an idea. Well, you we can think it, about it. Someone else, is, someone else <laughs> is offering me a, um, a place in Haifa, Israel, 
they said, oh, you can you can stay there. And I'm like, oh, God. but I don't, gosh, with all this vaccine and stuff. So anyway, I haven't really yeah. thought about it. But anyway, so, you know, Tampa's like three hours away. I don't want um, to, no. I but don't you'll, hit, you'll hit Jack. You'll hit Jacksonville for oh okay okay anyway you'll hit Jacksonville first anyway no matter what you do so I want um, at least a tiny sliver <laughs> of of uh, a beach view or any water body view. That's well, start saving thing. your you better get into Bitcoin, uh, so you can get uh, loads. I wanted to talk about peasant because um, I had mentioned being a peasant. I had mentioned okay. how the Russians view this idea of peasantry. Mm-hmm. And I have a wonderful story. I don't I can't remember how I met this guy, some guy who was rather cultivated. And oh, I remember I, someone's a friend of a friend. Of course, when you're in Russia, you're always trying to get tickets to the Bolshoi. Right. Right. <laughs> right in the middle of town. And you're trying to get there and they're always gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone has season tickets or whatever, but if you hit the right person, they can get tickets. So um, I was capable of getting tickets with this per- this guy, and he also wanted to go. And so we met, and there's this kind of place where you can have snacks and drinks and stuff before you go in. Oh. And I have, I was trying to show that I knew something about the opera. And I can't remember the guy's name, and he's still famous. He's an opera singer, but he was from Siberia, and he came to Moscow and sort of hit it big. Uh-huh. And I mentioned his name, and he and this guy, <laughs> this can talk about a snob. He goes, oh. I can't even hear his name, something like this. I mean, we're speaking Russian. He goes, he looks like a peasant. He (laughs) sings like a peasant and he is a peasant. That's a direct quote. He looks like a peasant. He sings like a peasant and he is. Now, this is the best way to show the the way they look at peasants. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is the lowest thing. Or they'll also say, uh, he's from a village. It means they're not sophisticated. Exactly. And in India, we have terms jungly jungle means forest <laughs> from is, the word jungle yeah so jungly oh, is the word that you use for somebody who not necessarily is a farmer or a peasant but is somebody who has absolutely no social graces like no mowgli manners. like mowgli in jungle jungly. yeah jungly so you can, oh that's I, great I still, like my mom still says don't be a jungly you know, like if I we're not, <laughs> if we're, she's preparing you for a good life. If we're not showing table manners, don't be a jungle. She'll still say it to my daughter Dude, or myself. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, my friends from Russia. Yeah. Gosh, if they listen to this, um, well, maybe they don't care, or maybe they don't know. Yeah. They'll pick up their plate and lick it to get the last food. Oh, yeah. we have people slurping from the bowl. I mean, like the last bit of curry, or you know. And but is this like, not cons- my, I, I I'm from New Hampshire so, with yeah. cows, and if we ever did that, we would get thrown out. Oh, total total trouble, of course, total. Trouble. But I mean, is it? It's also about this. You know, you Indians are sometimes. I had a conversation with you this about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. The Indians are sometimes picking up the food with their hands, and I could never figure out if this is this jungly thing. Like, no. at what level is that accepted? No, no. In fact, it's a very okay. So eating with your hands and you only eat with your right hand uh and there's a certain way to eat with your hands also you do not you do not get all the food all over your palm it has to be like the first your three first three fingers and your thumb that's all that needs to get dirty and then but eating with your hands in india is considered a very you when you eat with your hands you're eating among intimate people 
people who know you intimately, oh, like family and friends. You would you're not, letting your hair down. You're absolutely like we just had this happen last Sunday. Uh, I had invited some uh, two or three people who did not know each other, and uh, but they were from the same area in India. I had invited them over for dinner for lunch. And my mom had prepared this typical, and and also there are certain foods that you eat with your hands. It's better. It, Got it. They yeah. say it actually tastes better than you pork and <laughs> with human really. sweat. Yeah, seriously, seriously. <laughs> Salt. That, that's, a whole Salt. that's a whole different topic, right? I so love it. You, yeah, your hands have to be clean. That you come to the table, and then if there's a certain type of curry and rice, uh, or you know the bread, the uh, unleavened bread. Uh, the rotis, you actually, you know, break off a piece and you scoop up the food, the vegetable or whatever, with that piece of bread, you know, and you do it with your fingers. So, of course, my mom has cooked all this stuff, typically Indian uh, vegetarian food and a couple of non-vegetarian dishes. And she starts to eat with her fingers because she's very. uh, And does that, does that, oh, let me guess, does that cue off the guests that they can do it too? So listen, so the rest of us all had forks and knives and spoons at our, at our plates, right? On our, and so we start, you know, eating with a fork or whatever I did and the other two or three. But there was somebody there at the table who saw my mother doing that and he goes, oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing the same. I Put love it. They're free. So lovely. So there's this whole, you know, very, it shows intimacy. It shows a trust between people that you will not judge. I love that. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me get this because in the Middle East is the same with the Arabs Mm -hmm. that you're, you're using the bread in order to actually keep the more messy product off of your fingers. Exactly. But is that still considered into your fingers or can you pick up that rice with your fingers without the bread? Okay, so there's a way to, and in different parts of India, it actually is different. So if you go down south, they actually, oh, and it's sometimes kind of, I get, I tend to get a little like, startled when i see it even now but in india in the south the rice that they eat is kind of like sticky rice a little bit so they actually make the rice into balls and then they pop it into their mouth with their fingers whereas in the north they just kind of you know okay but are are they are the balls produced by the hostess and in the plate or are they making this they're ball making with it, their hand they're making it with their hands so <laughs> and i think and yeah. i think you are not from the south right uh, that's why that's so my, a surprise to you oddly enough my father was born in kerala which is one of the, is the southernmost state on the west coast he was born in kerala uh but he was not you know he actually used to frown <laughs> you know all the stuff you know but uh, yeah i mean my my dad had the fork and the spoon now because we ate rice a lot we had spoons not knives we didn't we we generally ate meat once a week and we mostly and seafood in our home so because mm. uh, my dad loves seafood and so do the rest i'm of literally us. i'm literally salivating right now I'm i have not you. eaten today I'm telling you, me too. I mean, I'm just about having my coffee while I talk to you. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, uh, it just depends. So, but most Indians do eat with their fingers and uh, no shame in it. I mean, this is, they actually say it does taste better. And there are certain <laughs> I'm telling you, it's salt. <laughs> it's salt from the body. You know, but the, there are certain like things, like if you eat a very uh, bony fish, like, how are you going to eat it with a fork and knife? Although my granduncle, uh, Johnny, he would, like, 
decimate this fish and leave only the skeleton of the fish. I don't know how he did it with fork and knife. He always well, he did. probably spent time up in England. I mean, nobody's yeah. putting there. I mean, can you visit the queen and you get your hands in the plate? I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, we've got to cut this short. Can we organize right now without having a board meeting? Can we organize a live Instagram let's date, time and date right let's now and use this it. as an ad? Yes, let's do it. You pick. Can you foresee... Uh, you know, what's coming up this week in your schedule? Yeah, this week sounds good. I mean, you know, as long as it's after school hours, because I still... I want to do it in the swamp at night with a bonfire. I want to set it up. Oh, that sounds great. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just... Are are you kicking up your heels on Friday nights? No, I'm not. Uh, You know, I work right through. So, unless... But wait a minute. It's Friday. Friday sounds good. Let's do an Instagram live. If or not. Thursday, you know, Friday's hard because people don't like people are not home. Thursday, yeah, I Thursday get better is results. Is Thursday yeah, weird Thursday. for you because it interrupts your Friday? No, let's do Thursday. Okay, Thursday night, let's say seven. Is that Thursday a good time? Thursday night at seven, Instagram Live. On okay, handle? Nicole, this was which great. Handle? You have a good, you have a good day. Carl, but which handle are they going to watch you live? You've got so many Instagram handles. Yeah, but nobody knows about it. Only Carl the Bearded Man. Ah, so. Carl, the bearded man on Instagram this Thursday night, which is going to be, you know what it's going to be? I can tell you right now at seven. This is Eastern Standard, Eastern Standard Time. That's correct. I'll be there. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye bye. Okie dokie. Here we are, ladies and gents. Episode 14. With Nicole, our cultural consultant, all the way from Bombay, India, and Carl. Gosh, how even to describe Carl? He's got he's got a lot going on there. Carl, Carl from uh, up in New England. So uh, hang around. Today we're going to talk about Carl pretending that he's somebody else because he's psychotic. Um, a little bit about the metaverse. Uh, why they call Papa. Why they call Carl Papazito over at work, and what a jungly is, uh, as well as why and how and when you're allowed to eat with your hands in India. So hang around. Hey, honey, we never go out anymore. We don't have to go out anymore. You know how much I love derailed conversations with Nick and Carl, the podcast. We can just stay home and listen to that all the time. I'll be perfectly happy. Oh, brother.